0: our local programs that we have every week a couple of times on saturday afternoon where we come to you uh with a pre-recorded interview with uh, someone or a group of people from locally in the DFW area talking about um something local and catholic and today we have a very exciting uh uh, interview for you. Uh, firstly, I am Cecil Anderson, the North Texas Assistant of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Dave and I sometimes tag-team this show, so uh today you get me and my guests are Grover Wilkins, the Artistic Director of the um, Orchestra of New Spain's uh, P- Pastorella, which is a program is coming, uh, performance is coming pastoral at Epiphany, a shepherd's play which is going to have two opportunities for you all to see it at two local Catholic churches St. Philip the Apostle Catholic Church uh, in Dallas, not the one in Louisville, in Dallas on Saturday, January 8th at 6pm and the following Tuesday at St. Monica's Catholic Church in Dallas at 7pm and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what this is and uh, what you can expect for it and uh, mark out your calendars right now if you want to attend um, so I want to welcome uh, but also Jendi Tardy to the program who is the Stage director and among one of the soloists for this performance. So, thank you to you both for coming on to the show today.
1: We're delighted.
0: <laughs> oh, wonderful. So, first, let me start with you, Grover, real quick and have you kind of talk about briefly about your background and how you got involved in the Orchestra of New Spain.
1: I started it. Wow. So it was really easy to get involved. Yeah, this, no this kidding. Was a 19, this was a 1989 effort to get some Spanish. And remember, this is back when we barely talked about Hispanics in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I try trying to get some Spanish music, classical music, in, in the uh, arts activities of Dallas. And we actually played the Hispanic opening, Hispanic event for the opening of the Meyerson in 1989. And great, because the, the response in the community has been so good, the financial support has been good, the programs have been interesting, we've managed to last all these years. So that's in a in a nutshell that's how that's how we got together. <laughs>
0: yeah, no kidding. And Jendi, can you talk about how you got involved, uh, especially as being the stage director um for this particular performance as well.
2: Sure. Well, um I actually grew up here in in Dallas Fort Worth. I went to Mary Immaculate School when I was little and uh was the music director or the choir director, the adult choir director at St Anne's in Capel for a while. So uh, Catholic Dallas is in my blood, but um, I went off and I lived in New York for a number of years. I worked as a theater actor and an opera singer, and when I moved back, I kind of sniffed around for what was going on here, and one of the first people that I met was Grover.
0: <laughs> wow, that's very fortuitous. And so this particular um, uh, performance is Pastore- uh, Pastorella at Epiphany, a shepherd's play. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit, uh, Jendi, about what people can expect from that, it's You're a stage director. It's a musical performance, but is there also like acting in it? I know very very little about it, so I want to tell our listeners what they can expect.
2: Sure. Well, the entire show um, is narrated and and acted by the five soloists who perform it, and then we have the narrator up at the top. And we've we're doing this bilingually. The first performance was in English, and these next two performances will be um, in Spanish. The whole thing is is about telling the story. We tell it through the music. We tell it through acting. Through, through all of that. So it's, it's, it's a theatrical experience, definitely. Oh, wonderful. And uh, you're also one of the soloists. Can
0: you talk about uh, what what you're going to be singing? Can I give a hint of that? And uh, are you playing any particular characters in the performance?
2: Well, we have, uh, we're using stock characters from the Pastorada tradition. Um, usually you have some male shepherds, a shepherdess, you have the devil, you have an archangel, you have a hermit, you have all of these, and so I'm playing the stock character of a shepherdess. Oh, wonderful!
1: All right, and she plays it very well.
0: <laughs> oh, that's always good to to hear. I'm sure, and I know we're going to play a little bit of a snippet of it later on in the show. We're going to play some of the um, one of the songs that you'll be hearing to kind of get uh, people extra excited. But I know, uh, Jendi, we're going to have to let you go. Um, is there anything else that you want to say to encourage people to come out, or anything that's like you know of note that you think that people would really want to hear about before they decide to come to the performance?
2: Well, I think it's important, especially for for us Catholics, because the Christmas season doesn't end on Christmas. Mm -hmm. It keeps going, you know, Holy Family and everything. And so this is just another extension of the whole Christmas season and for us just to keep the spirit going. Um, So I hope people come and just continue to celebrate, you know, the, the mystery with us.
0: Awesome, and thank you so much for continually uh, adding to our Catholic music traditions here in the DFW area for so many years. That's really yes. awesome. <laughs> thank you. Of course, and I'm going to go back. Well, so,
1: while Jendi is here, let me uh, sure. just add a um, couple of things to this. When we talked about it, you know, the the pastorella, when you get right down to it, it's good against evil, and um, Jendi's done a very good job of taking us on the journey that, that uh, involves characters. And one of the ones that she most enjoyed was the gallinero. And, Jenny, why don't you just say a short word about the gallinero in this show?
2: Um, well, she's, she, she's that. Well, I've talked about stock characters a minute ago, and she kind of fits into that hermit stock character. And usually, what the hermit is, is somebody who's very much, you know, of the earth, of the people, nothing very highbrow. But this character is very, very wise and uh, kind of leads in a very gentle way. The shepherds on, on their trip and helps them figure out the good versus evil and how to get to the Christ child because that's their, that's their goal is to just find their way through the wilderness to find him. So, that's, so the hermit, she's a very important character. And in, in this, our hermit is a chicken seller. Oh, nice, that's so awesome. So she, so she it. Her and her chickens. You know, they want They want, They want to take everybody on the journey, and then when they get there, sing a lullaby and do a dance for Jesus. And she knows just the song, and it sounds kind of like a chicken, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> um, are there any live chickens in this performance? Can I just ask? There that?
2: are no. <laughs> But we do have a few rubber ones. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so it's, it's not it's not without humor.
0: That's awesome. I'm sure it is amazing. Uh, and if everyone who is listening right now, again, you got to come out on um, either uh, January eighth, Saturday, January eighth at St. Philip the Apostle at six p.m. or a Tuesday, January eleventh at seven p.m. at St. Monica's Catholic Church in Dallas to see Jendi's wonderful stage direction and to hear her sing. So thank you so much for joining us, Jendi. I want to let you go because I know you're a busy mom and you have lots of things. to to do, but thank you so much for spending some time with us thank you so much of course all right and going back to Grover as the founder of the orchestra of New Spain can we talk a little bit about for maybe people who are listening this may be their first time they're hearing about it um, how the where are you getting the music from is it just like a collection of its uh, 18th century um, you know, muse- music that's uh, coming from Spain that you are just compiling together to make these performances? Or are these like...
1: That's very well put. Okay. Um, the the surprise for me in 1989, when I, I just wanted to do a concert in the Guadalupe Cathedral, because it's such an important part of our city, and, and historically and, and religiously, and I'd been working in Europe quite a bit, and of course in Europe if there is a cathedral it's the center of the city so i wanted to play some spanish music uh in the church spanish liturgical music and i couldn't find anything because nothing was published and that that is actually the case um in 1989 you just couldn't find anything published but the dallas symphony sent me to spain to explore the the this this music which I was certain was there. And I came back that year with photocopies of music that I had found in a number of libraries, including in the Royal palace in Madrid and in the Escorial monastery. And that was just the beginning. And since then we've compiled, um, a database of some 600 works that have not been published, but that we are performing in Dallas, uh, uh, and, and, uh, in an, our annual series of, uh, of concerts, we, we generally perform eight repertories. That is, we have eight ideas that we put on stage and then we repeat some of them. And the Christmas concert is one of those. So we do it once in our home church, which is Zion Lutheran Church in Lakewood. And then we go into communities each year. And as you said, we're going to St. Philip. Apostle in Pleasant Grove on the 8th, um, Saturday at 6 p.m., and then the following Tuesday we're going to St. Monica's. St. Monica's has an enormous Hispanic population um, in north uh, West Dallas, and that will be 7 p.m. So what we like to do is, once we've paid for all the cost of Hiring the musicians and, and rehearsing them, we like to do as many performances as possible. But the the real interesting overall here is that we're playing music that's been ignored while the 18th century has been so well represented. I mean, you think of, of course, Handel's Messiah mm-hmm. coming from 18th century England and so much music uh, that comes from Italy and Germany. And there's just been nothing out there for for. Representing Spain, although there has been a very very rich um, cole- series of collections uh, found in the Americas over the last fifty years and I think the the uh, south american and, and uh, mexico um, the the churches in those areas have had a very rich history as well, and there have been there have been musicologists in the New World working on this stuff for longer than the Spanish have. Wow,
0: that's incredible. Well, clearly you've done a lot of work in this, and it's awesome that you were able to um, kind of pull it into the DFW area. Um, so great opportunity to go see these two um, uh, Performances happening in the next couple of weeks, and uh, it's kind of we've not really talked about exactly what the storyline is. Though I think people have gotten the idea. Uh, La Pastorella is the it's the story of the shepherds' journey following the star of Bethlehem to find the Christ child. Um, And uh, can you talk a little bit about the the
1: devil trying to trying to keep them from succeeding in their journey while the angel the angels look over them. Ah. And I should add one thing here, because these, these, uh, we call them, the Christmas carols in Spanish are biancicos. And, um, the interesting part about them is that they're often comic. Um, mm. th- because it was a way to make enjoyable, as we do in our own day, with jingle bells and such, right. to make Christmas an enjoyable and entertaining time. Well, they did the same thing then. And they, of course, they had to get permission of the church, and they had to get permission of the king. And there was a period of time in the 16th century when the king of Spain said, No more, no more, uh, what shall we say? No, no no more. No, not so much levity at Christmas, please. Can we keep this serious? It's about Jesus. Well, okay. They they couldn't do this for a while, but then they came right back.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's a very, it's going to be a very entertaining night. If this is not something, maybe, maybe it's not a genre of music that you listen to all regularly, but it is, this is a full costume performance. It's going to be dra- dramatized. And obviously we have this, you know, the shepherds are trying to get to, you know, see the Christ child. And you have, uh, devil trying to keep it, keep them from being there and the angels guarding them. And you have, uh, one of the songs that we wanted to highlight is an angel and the devil or an angel. Yeah, I'm not going to try to say the Spanish. I just realized I shouldn't go there. <laughs> um, but it's an angel and the devil. Can you talk a little bit about what's happening in that song?
1: El ángel y el demonio.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I didn't try.
1: Um, <laughs> well, it, let's start with how Jendi said it for the stage. Uh, you have the devil coming down the main aisle of the church. In his red costume, so obviously it's the devil, but in an 18th century costume. And then comes the angel from the other uh, other side. So you see the devil running up and down one aisle trying to stop the angel who's running up and down the other aisle. And finally they meet and the devil is uh basically put out of commission on the altar well before the altar toward the end of the song now this goes back to what i said earlier uh this this is uh, um, this is biblical it's liturgical but it's done in a comic way and in this show i must say the the Gendi's capability of finding seven or eight musical pieces from the 18th and 17th centuries. Putting them together in a storyline is what's so fascinating for mm-hmm. the audience. Um y- Yes, you do have to get into the mood, but it's like a jazz concert. The, the musicians aren't really going until they've played an hour. Right. Well, it'll take five or, five or ten minutes for us to get into the real story here, but what's wonderful is the way that she's taken these... um very interesting, comedic, um, and liturgically accurate pieces, and put them together in this story. So um, I think what we want to let people know is, yes, it's a concert, but it's a concert in full costume and with full, fully organized action. And uh, for... Uh, I believe it is for Saint philip we're actually going to speak it. The narrator will be given in Spanish, but there's a text that the other people can can follow and then I believe it in in saint monica's we're actually going to use the English uh version of it that we started with, but again with Spanish translations
0: Oh, wonderful, awesome uh so again. We were talking to um, Grover Wilkins, who is the artistic director and also the founder of uh, the Orchestra of New Spain, which has two upcoming performances of uh, La Pastorola, the um, kind of a story about the shepherds going to find the Christ child following the star of Bethlehem and all the trials and sometimes the comedic things that are going to happen to them as well. It's a fully uh, dramatized, you know, with the costumes and it'll be very entertaining. Uh, two opportunities, you have Saturday, January 8th at 6 p.m. at St. Philip, the Apostle Catholic Church in Dallas, and on Tuesday, January 11th at um, 7 p.m. at St. Monica's Catholic Church. And uh, the the uh, admission is complimentary, but donations are, I'm sure, very, very welcome. And uh, let's just go, correct. Yeah, go ahead and uh, play, <laughs> just so people can kind of get an idea um, of the beautiful music that's going to be uh, performed. Uh, we're going to play a little snippet of An Angel and the Devil right now.
1: And let me just mention that what you're going to hear is a little introduction that's very, very calm. But right after the introduction comes a furious uh, instrumental introduction, and the uh, the chorus sings, "Fuera, fuera, fuera! Get the devil out of here!"
0: Mm, okay. All right. Here well, we go. Here it goes.
3: Conciertos y el niño es Dios mi hombre deja que No le dentro No le
0: You're listening just as a reminder to the KTH 910 AM interview of the week. And if you just heard some music, you're like, what is happening? Uh, no, don't worry. Dave and I are not trying to sing for you live on the air. That was the um, beautiful uh, song from the upcoming performance put on by the orchestra of New Spain uh, called An Angel and the Devil. Uh, they have two performances coming up at St. Philip's uh, in Dallas on January 8th at 6 p.m. And St. Monica's. Um, on January 11th at 7 p.m. And it's, uh, La Pastorella, the, uh, story of the shepherds, uh, trying to come to Jesus, uh, see Jesus. And that was a very, uh, we kind of had an intense song at some points. Um, and I'm talking with Grover Wilkins, who is the artistic director and founder of the Orchestra of New Spain. And, uh, I'm wondering, uh, Grover, is there a particular audience that you all are trying to, like, reach? Are, is it, is this is something that's good to bring, like, Maybe not, you know, baby babies, but like kids too. Is it something? Because you said it has these comedic moments in it. Yeah,
1: absolutely, so- the the just the visuals of it are enough. The costumes are really spectacular. And the action is is very telling uh it 's going to be obvious to anybody that uh, that there's something very interesting going on. Of course, children are going to be told about the well they 're going to come knowing the Christmas story, so it 's going to be pretty obvious to them that this is just a larger play of that and i i'd like to add to this that um the inspiration. Behind this uh, comes from a couple of places. Uh, Robert Rodriguez is of Mexican descent, and he's a composer in Dallas. and And we talked to him. He's at uh, UTD. We talked to him about this a couple of years ago, and he uh, just about composition uh, in in the twenty first century and what he does. And among the things he talked about was the pastorella as an Italian. Uh, cre- creation of, of uh, some great uh, historical value that's been picked up by the Spanish and the New World community. And the main source for us in this is a book that was published by the University of New Mexico um, some years ago that talks about the Pastorella, in all of its grandeur, and how it began with the very earliest settlers that came from Spain to the New World, and how this developed in South America and moved into Mexico and from, New Mex- from Mexico into New Mexico, and just that historical phenomenon seemed to us most relevant for our Dallas audience.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, And just have a couple minutes remaining with you, Grover, but uh, do you want to highlight anything else um, either about this performance or maybe some upcoming uh, other things that you're going to have planned throughout the year? You said you try to do, is it eight or nine, uh, eight ideas a year or something like that. Uh, If you want to talk a little bit about about upcoming things happening uh, so that people can stay uh, up to date with what's going on.
1: Yeah, well let, let's let's consum- just for a moment just repeat that th- this is a family show. Uh it's good for anybody that would like to see the Christmas story told in a different way with a bit of humor and lots of color and action and wonderful music. We're also doing uh on the 18th and 19th of February a flamenco pastorella we're bringing in from Albuquerque um, the dance troupe Yastros, uh, from the National Institute of Flamenco in Albuquerque. And we're going to do a program which, which features Renaissance and Baroque dance music for the first half, telling the pastoral story, and then the second half is pure flamenco by what is probably the most important and influential flamenco uh, company in the United States. Um, following that, we continue our our series with a home concert a home concert, which is probably going to be outside and in june we're doing a concert of music of black composers uh, we're as impacted as everyone else is about the the george floyd situation, and the absence just as we began playing Spanish music in nineteen eighty nine we feel like it's our duty now to enter into the interest in black composers um of whom there are many many who are as unknown as the spanish composers that we have been working with so the the idea of our whole season is that we um we look for the unknown, which is fabulous, and we put it in front of people so they've got some some new music to hear and new ways of looking at the art of music in general.
0: Wonderful! And to stay up to date is the best way uh, for people to um, you know find out about those future uh, performances. OrchestraofNewSpain.org. That's correct. All right, Orchestra. And our
1: telephone number, if they're interested, sure. is two one four seven five zero fourteen ninety two. Can't forget
0: that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So orchestraofnewspain.org, 214-750-1492. Um, I just wanted to hit home one more time that we are talking uh, with Grover Wilkins, the artistic director and the founder of the Orchestra of New Spain, and they are putting on uh, Pastorella um, of the story of the you know, the, uh, shepherds following the star of Bethlehem, a story that we're all familiar with, uh, and, uh, with some, uh, I think some comedic and dramatized, uh, extra add, add-ins. And it's a great thing to bring your kids to. They will, uh, I'm sure be entertained. It's a, you know, a story that they're familiar with, but it'll kind of, you know, music always brings things together in a different way. So I'm sure it'll be enjoyable for everyone. And it, these, uh, co- two concerts, they are, uh, complimentary admissions, but, uh, donations are welcome. The first one is Saturday, January 8th at 6 6 p.m. at St. Philip the Apostle uh, Parish in Dallas, and then Tuesday, January 11th at 7 p.m. at St. Monica Catholic Church. Uh, again, the website, orchestraofnewspain.org. Uh, Grover, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank uh, you, Cecil. <laughs>
1: it's been fun talking.
0: Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have you on again in the future with to talk about more upcoming uh, projects that you all are working on. But, uh, We'd love that. Be sure to stay in contact with them, orchestraofnewspain.org and definitely go out either on January 8th or January 11th. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be absolutely uh, beautiful events. Uh, this has been the KTH 910 AM interview of the week, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your Saturday afternoon. God bless. Thanks, Sizzle. Alright, the car raffle season is off and running We've got parish talks lined up, live remotes scheduled But I feel like we could be doing more I think it's time to start recruiting the raffle wranglers Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Who are you? Well, I'm Jed, I'm your first raffle wrangler of the year Well, that was fast. If folks listening want to help us sell raffle tickets for the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 to their friends and family, what do they need to do, Jed?
3: Well, they need to email kath at grnonline.com.
0: Again, that's kath at grnonline.com. Hey, you want to go rope a steer? Sure thing.
4: Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Glad you're with us. Uh, Diane Xavier is running our board. My name is Dave Palmer. And uh, we are going to talk today about a topic that I have spoken about before, but uh, we have a, a new gentleman who is in charge of transportation program services with Catholic Charities in Fort Worth, and this is a really vital service that helps and assists many people who are not a- otherwise able to get around, and I think it's uh, a valuable topic to let people know about, and uh, that's the topic for today. So Matt Jacobs... Uh, is the Transportation Program Director for Catholic Charities of Fort Worth. The general website for Catholic Charities Fort Worth is just CatholicCharitiesFortWorth.org. And so we welcome Matt Jacobs uh, to the program. Matt, good to talk with you.
5: Good to talk with you today also. Thank you. How long have you been in your position? I've been with Catholic Charities for four years now.
4: Okay. And did you previously work in a, a similar uh, type of uh, program? Or what, what is your, <laughs> your background?
5: My background is in logistics, so um, I've been doing that my whole life. So I was just looking at opportunities to... Serve the community with that. I worked in warehousing before, and it's a natural transition over.
4: Yeah, well, the the job that you're doing right now takes a lot of logistics, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, to get <laughs> it everything sure organized, we'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, Catholic Charities Fort Worth, in general, and I know you know you're not the executive director, and you you're not you know speaking about the whole thing, but there there's a lot of uh, different services. It's pretty vast. Uh, as an organization serving pretty much uh, the uh, uh, what is also a very diverse uh, geographical diocese isn 't it
5: it sure is yeah we 've got a lot of pro- programs going on trying to help people get out of poverty and and uh, and all the support that goes with that. Um, we have a um, stay of the course program that helps uh, students stay in college and help them through that progression and just a lot of other opportunities to help the community so Talk to me about the
4: transportation program services. Uh, what, what exactly uh, has it been existing for a long time, and, and what, what, what exactly do you provide for the community?
5: Yeah, originally it was started off with the Red Cross, and then Catholic Charities took it over um, multiple years ago. And since then, we've been working on servicing the whole Tarrant County community. Um, with multiple different programs in different areas. So um, it's been going on for quite a while, and, and it's the same group from um, drivers from the American Red Cross. So they're just a great group of uh, drivers, very compassionate and empathetic and helping out the community to, uh, to get people where they need to go.
4: I know people have likely seen the Catholic Charities you know, buses and vehicles around town. How big is your, you know, fleet? I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, how how yeah. many vehicles do you have? And are they all marked?
5: Yeah, all the vehicles are marked. And and the pro, when we first started out before the before COVID, we we're at about forty vehicles. We're running twenty five to thirty now um, to service the the volume that we have.
4: And tell me about eligibility of who. Who can receive rides? Under what circumstances? And uh, and where? How, you know, where can they go?
5: Yeah, the the biggest qualifier for most of our programs are that you have to be sixty five or older or have a disability, and that and that's still within Tarrant County and um, and goes to multiple cities. And we would just have people call in to see if they qualify for any of the programs. Since um, we do get more in and we uh, do things like that. And that number is eight one seven three three six eight seven one four, and um, that's the way to to find out if we have something we have that you can qualify for. But um, the group's uh, more than happy to help you figure out what you need and, and find different resources if we're not the one that is able to provide the service.
4: Yeah, and well, tip. Do you have any kind? I'm sure you have these numbers. I don't know if they're they're on you know tip of your tongue. But as far as how many. Uh, people you serve on a monthly or weekly basis, and actually take advantage of these services.
5: Yeah, so far this year, we've already serviced uh, thirty seven thousand clients, um, and, and within the year, we've been doing some other things to help out the community um, with the COVID vaccinations. Um, we've been able to provide over a thousand trips for that for that to get people around the county to the to the sites to get their vaccinations, and we're also um, partnering with the Area Food Bank currently and helping people who can't get uh, any food, uh, can't get out of their homes. And we've done over a 1,000 of those deliveries already this year also.
4: Yeah, 37,000 unique people, not, not just rides, right? That's uh, 37,000 people that have been serviced uh, to this year alone?
5: It would be specific rides, so about okay. half of that in terms of people. Oh, yeah.
4: Okay, okay. And um, how... Um, is it, is it you? You may talked about some of the medical needs that some people may have. Uh, to do if somebody just needs to get to the grocery store or wants to, you know, go to their friend's house for a visit. I mean, how? Well, what qualifies as a uh, a, a ride that you guys would offer, or do they need to even explain what they're doing?
5: Yeah, actually. There are some restrictions, but the majority of the services we have do do allow clients to go anywhere in the county for anything, for social visiting, shopping, um, the senior center. Um, we do take a lot of people to di- their dialysis appointments and to their doctor's appointments, and so we have uh, almost any reason you have, we should have a program that can get you there.
4: And is there a cost to the individual, or how is this funded?
5: Yes, it, it is. There is a small cost to the to to the clients. Um, the 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 government does supplement a large majority of it, so the cost range from two dollars and fifty cents to three dollars and twenty five cents per trip. Okay,
4: regardless of distance, or
5: regardless is- of distance. Oh wow. Uh, there's gotta be some
4: limitations. Yeah, I can't, like, I, I wanna go, I wanna go to Canada or, some, <laughs> yeah. or somewhere in, within the, uh, the, the, the county or the, dio- or the diocese, I guess, but I'm sure most people don't take advantage of that. How, how about, uh, and by the way, Matt Jacobs is my guest, Transportation Program Director for Catholic Charities of Fort Worth. Uh, their website is CatholicCharitiesFortWorth.org. And I wrote down the phone number. I ho- confirm if I got this right, uh, Matt, 817-336. Is it 8714? Did I, did I get that right? Yes, that is the number. Okay. Exactly. And that's where people can call if you uh, want to inquire about a ride. And as Matt said, uh, typically it's 65 years and older, or if you have a dis- disability of some sort, uh, you'd qualify for these uh, rides. And boy, that that price is a whole lot cheaper than Uber, I'll tell you that much. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely a good, good service for the community. We do have clients that are up in Azel that every once in a while I have to go down to Mansfield so we do do some long trips on some on certain days.
4: Yeah. Do you have uh, uh are these um paid staff people that do do the the driving or or how do you how do you uh, fill the, those positions?
5: Yeah, well we have a we have a quite a, a range of groups um the we have full-time and part-time drivers. There's about 35 of them. And then we also have a a large pool of volunteers that drive each week. And so we we rely on those volunteers to help out and and to help people get around the community in a timely fashion.
4: Okay. And are you hiring or are you in need of any volunteers at this time?
5: Yeah, we could always use volunteers. And we do currently have a posting for a full-time position and a part-time position out of our Colleyville facility.
4: Okay. And are most of the, uh, I talked about the, the little minivans and the, the, the vehicles that you see, uh, you mentioned 25 to 30 are in operation right now. You had 40, uh, pre-COVID. Um, do you do, you do multiple people at the same time or is it typically if somebody gets a ride, it's just them by themselves and then they do one at a time or is it a group together or what?
5: Yeah, the, the, the transportation is a rideshare, so there is the, there's the possibility that you'll be on the vehicle with another person. Um, so, so there is some, there is some time uh, where you might be on the vehicle as you're sharing with someone else. Up to an hour, you could be on the vehicle before you're dropped to get your appointment, but we do, do set the schedules to make sure you're at your appointment on time.
4: And are, are people able to schedule these online, or is it through that phone number that's, that you recommend?
5: Yeah, we would recommend calling through the main line. We do have a mobile app that people can use to see what trips they do have scheduled, and and look at their fares and funds they have in in their account. But we do have everyone calling through the main phone line there at eight one seven three three six eight seven one four to schedule the ride.
4: And how how far in advance uh, do they need to to schedule it, or if they need to get their doctor appointment is you know Thursday at ten? When would they? You would recommend they call.
5: Yeah, we would recommend they would call by Tuesday to to make sure that they could get the appointment um, scheduled in. Um, we do prefer 48 hours in advance. Um, if things happen, so we know. So if somebody calls the day before, we do try to get them into the schedule.
4: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, your background is logistics. So... Really your job and I don't know how big your staff is is trying to coordinate okay this person needs a ride I need to get a driver that 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 certainly takes a lot of logistics uh, talk about the you know the behind the scenes uh, logistics trying to get all this coordinated
5: Yeah well we have a team of 2 intake specialists and 2 dispatchers and 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 then their supervisors and support staff and so when someone calls in they'll they'll get the location of where they're going they'll need the address and the address they're going to and they'll tell us a time and then we use a system called Ecolane and that helps us schedule the trips into the system and and to create the most efficient routes for the drivers for the following days. And so the the dispatchers do a lot of good work on getting things shuffled to make sure it's as clean as possible and the intake team makes sure that we're letting you know where we are uh, with availability to make sure you can make it to your appointments uh on time.
4: You mentioned the, the qualifications, generally speaking, is sixty-five years and older or disabilities. What if somebody yeah. is just dirt poor? You know, they, they may be, you know, able bodied and they, they just they, they they don't have a car and they, they can't afford Uber it and they're,
5: you know, thirty-five years old. Would you make exceptions for something like that? Currently, the, the main program we have for that right now is called H-E-B, and it's for clients living in Hersh, Ulysses, and Bedford, and they can travel within that, those three communities um, for $3 each way to work a work-related uh, trip if they're going to school for training, could um, go to job interviews or, or to work. So those are the three things that we would support for that.
4: Okay. So that's in that, uh, actually, that's where I live. I live in Bedford. So uh, that's, that's nice to know that that's offered there. Do you, do you see that expanding to other parts of, of the Fort Worth Diocese or is that unique to that particular area?
5: It's very unique to that area. We are working with some other communities to see if we can add them into that mix. Um, but we're currently don't, we don't have any, uh, anyone set to do that.
4: All right. Uh, Matt Jacobs, transportation program director with Catholic Charities of Fort Worth. And the website is Catholic If you qualify and you'd like to take advantage of, uh, this, uh, ride program, You can simply call 817-336-8714, and Matt said he prefers uh, 48 hours uh, notice uh, if if possible, and they can get you uh, a ride to where you're going uh, at a very, very low, low cost. And, Matt, is, a lot of people listening now would perhaps be in the Dallas Diocese or, or some other place. Is this a, a program that is pretty common within Catholic charities of different dioceses, or it's? I'm, I'm guessing it's not unique to the Fort Worth Diocese?
5: Yeah, in terms of other transportation services out of uh, Catholic, uh, other um, Catholic charities, um, we are very unique, actually, um, for the only one in the area. So, it, it is it is unique to the tarrant county and and the diocese. Yeah, I'm guessing if you got a
4: call from Frisco or Garland, you'd have to say, "Sorry, you're out of range or <laughs> do you do you yeah. go outside of the of the the, the diocese?"
5: We we generally do, we would not go out of the diocese unless we uh, someone asked if we needed a private trip for it. But in terms of individual trips, that would be something we would individually quote, um, but generally we we stay within Tarrant County and the surrounding counties.
4: All right. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was so unique. It's, it's, it's quite, quite a service. And I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of uh, appreciation and people that, uh, saving money and, uh, taking advantage of this, uh, uh, 37,000 rides. Do, do you find uh, how you said you've been in this for four years? So you started pre COVID. Uh, how has that changed, uh, your job and also just the program itself, uh, for the last, uh, 18, you know, 20 months?
5: Yeah, it's really changed things quite a bit, especially, you know, I, when it first started off, we the trips dropped right off, and so at that point we were pivoting to help the community wherever we could. We ended up helping out um the the um Meals on Wheels for over 3 months. We delivered meals for them and and so we did about 8,000 meal deliveries during that time frame. And so we just pivoted to what what we, you know, wherever we could support the community. And so um you know the, the trips did drop off substantially, um, about 35 percent fewer than the previous year. And so, luckily, this year things have started to pick up, and we're 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 starting to hit our stride. So it's been uh, quite a roller coaster um, with all the things going on, especially with with the snowstorm that threw a, a wrench in things too. So we had a lot of uh, different things to to battle with during this time frame.
4: Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious, uh, did, did, is it common to drive people to mass or uh, confession or something directly related
5: to, to the faith? Do you get a lot of those kind of requests? We do, we do not. Um, we, we do not run on the weekends. It's a Monday through Friday, oh, okay. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. service. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Okay. I guess maybe daily mass. <laughs> yeah, we uh, could definitely take, yeah, to take uh, people to daily mass
4: for sure. Oh, okay. Great. Well, Matt, uh, appreciate uh, you taking time with us. Matt Jacobs, Transportation Program Director, of Catholic Charities of Fort Worth. And again, uh, Matt, if there's anything else, I'll just give you another last chance. If there's anything else you'd like to communicate to our listeners, uh, feel free to do so. The the website, CatholicCharitiesFortWorth.org. And most
3: of- Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for Your Soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.